0: or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning.
2: Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.
1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, new week. As we say hi, I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. The Dangerous Duo, they're back together there at the South Points. Amal Shaw, of course, Dustin Swedelson, as we say hi to the boys. So, big news for us here. On visa this week, we've got our NFL betting guide dropping on Thursday. So early the 29th, which is awesome this year, every show, once an hour is going to do something related to the guide. We're going to have some fun with it today. Amal Shaw is going to tackle the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to tackle the Detroit lions and Wes Reynolds is going to join us in studio coming up in about 59 minutes to talk about the AFC South. So looking forward to that, as we say, hi on a brand new week. What's up, boys? Samal Shaw. How are we feeling? Welcome back.
4: Feeling good. Thank you, sir. And I'll tell you what, I'm so glad this guide's dropping early. You mentioned it last week. You know, if you're going on vacation, you got an opportunity to read this. I'll tell you right now, it beats the hell out of reading the American Airlines magazine. So this will give you something to get prepared for. And you don't want to be inundated in the last couple of weeks when you've got some opportunities, maybe select some teams that you want to bet on much sooner than rather than later.
3: Well, speaking of which you were able to travel, which is good for you. Boys, it's crunch time. My passport is still sitting. With Benjamin Franklin in Philadelphia. So I have no clue. As soon as they ship it, I should be okay. But we're still just waiting for the shipments. Hoping to head to Paris on the 13th of July. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Big guy, what's cracking? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Amal.
4: No, real quick, alternate option. What about booking an appointment in Los Angeles for an in-person passport? Generally a four- to five-day thing. Uh, And just a little trick I would tell you is book a, a fully refundable flight For about like July 7th. And tell them you've got to leave on that date. And that's why you need the passport.
3: We got the fully refundable flight. So I hadn't looked into. Doing a quick expeditious one. Here in Los Angeles. I do appreciate the tip. Big
5: guy. What's cracking? So we're we're down to the wire here. You may or may not be going to Europe. Is what I'm hearing here. Um, Yes. I do have a way for you to get to Paris though. Without your passport. Oh how's that? So you hop in your car. And you drive about five hours to Las Vegas and you stay at Paris, Las Vegas casino. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Won't won't be doing that. If I want to hit the big city, I go to New York, New York. Is that what you're telling me?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Why would you go anywhere else when it's all here in Vegas?
3: I have important news. I have pressing news to start the week and start the show. And I need everybody to pay attention. Len Mead. This is for you. Brian Musburger. This is for you. John Goulet especially for you. This is for everybody across the board, whether it be VEASAN or DraftKings compliance. It's due on the 30th. Have you two finished your compliance? I just had an email pop up, which was very much shaming me, telling me it appears you haven't finished, which I did. I did compliance last month, like a hundred times. We've got a new compliance due on the 30th. That is this Friday. Everybody is involved. Nobody's exempt. You too, as well. Are you done? No, but you know, I feel like
4: these compliance things are like mechanics, right? They just make things up. It's like, oh, you need this. I don't know. I'm
3: not a car guy. I mean, like, I feel like we've done 20 of these compliance things within 12 months. Go I, ahead I'm and- completely complicit. I've complied. I've complicit. I'm everything compliance. Go Just ahead and Dustin don't Swiedelson. do them.
5: Both of you go ahead. Don't do them. It'll be sharp money with host Dustin Sweetelson. I'm,
4: I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is it feels like it's completely repetitive. I will tell you yeah, one it's thing. Every, it's every I, year. I. I It feels like it's a lot more frequent than 12 months. I will tell you one thing. The money laundering one, nailed without even reading it, got a 9 out of 10 on that one easily. You actually gave them the questions. There were a couple of questions I was like, has this changed? I mean, going back 25, 30 years, depending on the situation, it was pretty easy.
3: (laughs) Yeah. If, if you're in the Caribbean, there's a good chance I've sent you money since 2000. I can assure you of that. You've sent me a little bit, but I've definitely sent you a lot more. By, by the way, if you're somewhere in the Caribbean, were those checks from Royal bank of Canada, Yeah, there was, when I lived in the East village in New York, there was a, what do you call it? A wire. What are those? Western called? union? Uh, Money yeah, brain. Western union, right across the street from my apartment. And we were on a first name basis. Me and the dude that ran it, he would clown me every time I came in. He's like, you had a good week, had a bad. Mostly <laughs> he would say you had a bad week. Anyway, uh, that was fun. Okay. So that's that compliance. What else did I want to say as we get started here? How about a winner take all college world series yeah. game three tonight? LSU is a short favorite minus minus one twenty-five over Florida, Florida dismantled LSU <laughs> yesterday. Amal, I think you're on top of this more than. Yeah. Dustin and I, a 24 to four win for Florida LSU on Saturday, a four, three win in 10. So we've got a winner take all game three coming up tonight. Yeah, I thought uh, the angels were playing against LSU there with that
4: 24 spot against uh, the Tigers, but great opportunity now for the Gators to win the national title. Uh, both teams really good in terms of what they've been able to accomplish, but the SEC, you win basically the SEC, you're winning the national title and a great shot here for Florida this, this should be an interesting one. I expect this game to be tight, competitive. You got embarrassed if you're LSU in the last game. They had actually a 3-1 to one lead in this game going to the top of the third. And then all of a sudden, the uh, the the just the wheels fell off on that one. So, give Florida credit forcing a final game tonight.
5: Are you involved in any way in the College World Series, big I, guy? Sorry, go ahead. No, I did flip it on the other day, uh, yesterday and uh, Saturday. And, look, it looked like a good time. It's just one of those things where – I, have a, I don't know about you guys. I have a lot of trouble adding more sports to care about in my brain, and I actually care about less than I did, like, 15, 20 years ago. So I want to care about college baseball, just like I want to care more about hockey and a bunch of other sports. But for some reason, I just – I wait too late in the game to get into them, and, like, now it's like you don't really know what's happening. I don't want to bet on something I don't understand, like, either team or their situation. So I don't know. It's – it looks like a fun time. I do have FOMO watching it, but I'm not involved in any way.
3: Amal, you were going to say something? Yeah, no. This
4: Look, outside of the game where the Gators scored the 24 runs, this ser- uh, postseason has played towards unders. We've talked about it with John Bowman. You saw a precipitous line move in that game, second game between Wake Forest and LSU, going from 11 down to as low as 7.5 or 8. Game still stayed under the total at uh, seven. Uh, So, excuse me, at six in that game. But I I think there's some opportunities here if you're looking at this. This is going to be tight, short leash on both teams from the pitching standpoint. And Dustin's correct in the sense that, look, you can't keep up with everything. You know, you're a golf guy. I'm a tennis guy. If you're a, uh, a fan of hockey, you're probably not following the NBA as closely. And I think that's where the specialization comes in, right? You have an opportunity. The NFL, there's a ton of content. There's a ton of information. But if you can focus in on whether it's your League, you when I by, by league, I mean your conference. You know, Patrick, I know you're a big uh, uh Mexico, uh, League MX in Mexico, you follow the league <laughs> yes. in Argentina, you know, whether it's the Bundesliga or Premier League, whatever league it is, whether it's the SEC and football, basketball. I think if you can just hone in on those types of leagues, you have a big advantage. And one other thing, I just got to get off my chest, please don't tell me I don't bet on my team. Well, let me tell you something. I have not seen you at the Biltmore at the owner's meeting, okay? So, I don't think you own the team. So, why are you not betting on or against these people? You have the biggest advantage because you know them better than you know the opponent.
3: By the way, did LSU jump up? They were $1. twenty-five this morning. Why am I showing $1. sixty-seven favoritism tonight with LSU? Nine and a half on the total of them all. But it looked like... It looks like they've jumped up as big-time favorites tonight. I didn't have that number earlier today when I was writing in my notes. I did not see this as such a big move here. I'm not exactly sure what would have
4: caused it. Um... You know, again, I I have not followed the College World Series that closely where I would sit there and say, hey, I would recommend a side one way or the other very adamantly. I think if you're just betting it for action, unless you're following it like the way guys like John Bowman have, I I think it's tough to kind of get involved in. But I will say one thing. You mentioned the nine and a half. I still feel like you can take chance on the under just simply based on how this postseason
3: at the College World Series in Omaha has played out. Big guy, what does DraftKings have the number tonight as far as the spread with LSU favored? Do you have it?
5: I uh, will have it momentarily. I was trying to find out any in any news on here LSU. I got, it. I got it. it. Nine, right? uh Totals nine. No, no, LSU minus one sixty.
3: Okay. Wow. And they've got nine. Well, it's interesting because I'm looking at a couple of different shops. So nine and a half at a shop I'm looking at. If you want to bet the over, go over to DraftKings right now because they've got it set at nine a dollar twenty on the juice to the over. Okay. Here's the college world series kind of set the plate for the week. Again, NFL betting guide dropping on Thursday. We'll have plenty, not just here on sharp money, but across every show, once an hour, we're going to relate back to the guide and give you NFL content all week. Looking forward to it. Now, uh, speaking of content, how about this? We just got the news. We do have a hard knocks team that is in it's the report is coming in. The jets will be this year's hard knocks team. According to Florio, the jets publicly said they don't want to be assigned it, but it doesn't appear to matter. They can decline. They can't decline once selected. So there's a little bit of posturing that goes on before the NFL decides who's it going to be. Obviously, last year it was the Lions. This year, it looks like it's going to be the Jets.
4: Yeah, and by the Jets saying you're saying they're declining, that might be the front office and the coaching staff. I have a they feeling. they can't decline. Well, no, no, I'm I saying, know they I, they publicly, said they yeah.
3: they kind of fought against it right. before the NFL made their decision. Almost like here's the reason we don't want to be on it, but now it's been decided, so it looks like it's going to be the Jets.
4: Yeah, that's because I believe there were text messages of Aaron Rodgers uh, texting Roger. Goodell saying we want to be on there. Are you kidding me? This guy can't get an away from the media. This is a perfect opportunity. He's
3: going to have the entire month of August to talk about the
4: Jets and the departure in Green Bay.
3: Yeah, there was only one answer. There's a, listen with the stipulations of who's eligible and who's not the Jets were the easy answer. So it looks like it's going to be the Jets All right. So there's your news. I want to transition. Amal, did you have a takeaway? We didn't talk to you on Friday. Was there something in particular? Because we do have breaking news. Remember, free agency for the NBA starts up this Friday, June 30th at 6 p.m. Eastern, where teams can officially begin negotiating with players. I've got the list of free agents. Of course, Kyrie, Harden, Van Vliet. Those are three of the big ones. I've got teams with cap space, but wanted to give you an opportunity. Was there something that jump out jumped out to you as far as the draft on Thursday night that stood out as a positive or a negative. I I just thought that, and maybe it's just a collection of talent right
4: now in the G league, but it feels like to me, the players coming out of the G league might have a little bit greater value to the NBA because the style on which they're preparing, whether it's the competition you're playing against travel, just so many other factors. I think A little bit surprised to me that I saw Jet Howard go as high as 11. I think he's a pretty good player, but that's that's the only thing that really stood out. And by the way, if you're a senior, you better find a job in Europe because it's going to be tough to get drafted if you're a senior.
3: I was right there with you. Jet Howard at 11 was shocking. How about Cam Whitmore falling all the way down to 20? We'll come back and discuss. Also, we've got a big trade in the NBA. I use big in parentheses and some other news, including Victor Wembayama. As we get started here on a Monday, it is sharp money.
1: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks
0: with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
3: Is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports
1: Betting Network.
3: Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, Wes Reynolds and 45, our buddy Aaron Halterman, RacingDudes.com in the final hour as we welcome you back. Amal Shaw, Dustin Swedelson am Patrick Maher. Of course, busy week, we've got our guide the NFL betting guy dropping on Thursday. So we've got content NFL once an hour, every hour throughout the whole week, not just here on sharp money, every show. So looking forward to that as we do, before we transition into the NFL, let's talk a little NBA. I mentioned them all. Uh, We've got June 30th. So coming up this Friday, free agency officially opens up a couple things here. One, we've got a trade today, John Collins. I don't know what you guys think of Collins. He's just 25 years old. Now the contract isn't great, Uh, But he's been traded to Utah and I love this play for Utah because Collins, he can play power forward. He can play center, but that front court, all of a sudden, if you want to go big, play marketing at the small and you play Collins at the big, and then you go Walker Kessler at center. So you go power forward center with Kessler and then small forward with marketing. You can do a lot with that size. And I think he's a really good player. Rudy Gay, 6.4, he opted in. So, again, this was a cost cut for the Hawks. They, they come under that luxury. 6.4 owed to Rudy Gay and a future second rounder. But it is official. It looks like John Collins is on his way. 25-year-old forward slash center to the Utah Jazz.
4: I I like the move. John Collins didn't shoot the ball particularly well from the three-point line last year, just 29%. But for his career, 35.6, very impressive for a power forward. Uh, The one area I'd like to see him improve a little bit is in terms of rebounds. He only averages eight rebounds. I feel like he's a guy who could be a double-digit rebounder consistently. But career average of 15 points per game. Uh, this is a good addition. You mentioned the contract, but again, uh, Utah, I think when you look at it, they've got to get towards the bottom of the floor on that cap. So I'm not surprised sometimes when you see some of these moves. But overall, I think he's a very solid player.
3: Yeah, he's owed three years, 78 mil. So it looks like Atlanta largely unloading Collins's cap hit because they're getting prepared for the new uh, looming cap changes. So that's one, I guess you want to call this Nas Reed who remember he broke his wrist late in the season for the T wolves and they missed him. They missed that presence, the big, the backup towns to backup go And he had a really good post all-star break. Uh, Nas Reed did stretch there for the T-Wolves. He stays out of free free agency, uh, signs a three-year, $42 million deal. So uh, Nas Reed, not necessarily a huge name, but that's an impact player for the T-Wolves there. I I liked him a lot
4: coming out of LSU. He ended up in the second round. I think he's a quality player, and especially he's he's the rotation guy. Dustin used that term last week, and I think it's an app – it's an appropriate term when you look at some of these guys, and Naz Reed is a perfect example of that. He's not going to overwhelm you, but I think he's a guy that you need on your team if you're looking to build a championship team. When you look at the Denver Nuggets, and I know Bruce Brown's going to probably walk via free agency, but it was the Gordons, the Bruce Browns, the uh, Contavious Caldwell Popes. Those are guys that are important. We know what the stars can do, but it's the other guys that can contribute in a variety of ways, and I feel like Nas Reed is that guy that will give you an honest effort on both ends of the floor.
3: Okay, guys, if you can hear me, I've actually lost your audio coming back to me. That's fine. So what no, no, kill. I got you. Oh, just yes. as you said hi to Dustin, Dustin, just as you said hi, I got you. So we're good to go. I'm gonna set it up this way because I've got stuff on Wembayamo who goes one to the Spurs. I let me ask you both. What are your expectations for Victor Wembayama? And I, I'm setting you up for a reason. So there's you know, don't overthink it, but what are your expectations for him year one as a rookie? And then overall, as far as his career? Obviously, we know the attention. And the adulation coming in—he's one of the biggest prospects we've seen in any sport in our lifetime. But what what would your expectations be for Wembayama? We'll start with you.
4: I I think when you look at it, if he's healthy, first thing is I want him to be healthy. I'd love to see him play seventy-plus games next year. If he can do that, that would be outstanding. Uh, I don't know necessarily from a point scoring perspective how much he's going to be able to impact or what he's going to be able to do statistically. But I think he's a tremendous player. His size is going to be a factor. And then I have to tell you, long-term, this guy should be an all-timer on defense. Just simply based on height, anybody that's ever played basketball, and you play with guys that are 6'7", six, 6'8", it is hard to get shots off. Now imagine adding almost nearly another foot on that player. Think about the level of difficulty in terms of getting shots, shot alterations, or just negating potential shots because of his length. To me, he's a guy in his entire career should be one of those guys in that first, second, or third team All-NBA. I'm not saying as a rookie from a defensive standpoint, uh, he should be on that team. But he should have an immediate impact defensively and then slowly start to contribute as the season progresses offensively.
3: Yeah, I heard somebody talking about Wembayama on defense in the same possession. He should be able to protect the rim and block a three pointer in the corner. Like he's just he's so long. And I'll get to the length component of this in a second. So, big guy for you, big time career. Is it all time great? Eight to ten time All Star. Like, where is Wembayama for you? Where does he fall into that mix right now? As you project,
5: I don't want to like say anything. Like that. That's I know you're asking me like a very specific question. I have a lot of questions about Victor Wembanyama. Everyone keeps saying in a positive, we've never seen a player like this before, with a skill set like this before, at this size before. I think it's going to take a couple years for the NBA to figure out how to utilize him properly simply because no one's ever had a player like this to use. Like, he's definitely not going to be a five, but he's massive. So he's going to be the four at first. He's definitely going to be able to block shots, but how is he going to bang down low at his weight that he is right now? I know he's got the skills of a guard, but how much can he go up against some of these guys in the perimeter with the way his body is at this moment? I have a lot of reservations more than most about the NBA finding the right way to use him right away. I think in time, he will be a star player. I don't know how much of a star, but I don't think it's the slam dunk everyone assumes it's going to be simply because we've never seen someone like this.
3: Okay. Very well.
5: Go
4: ahead. I I disagree with you. I thought Zion was going to be a bit of a bust because I thought weight was going to be an issue. And I thought maybe he's going to have some injuries. I'm telling you right now, this guy can stay healthy, he's going to be an all-timer
3: in my book. When you look at his skill set, it's off the charts. I I brought it up because the, the Spurs PR team screwed him. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I do not. They did this little welcome teaser of a video where I think he ran out there. He shot like eight shots, mid range, three pointers. He missed every shot. Maybe (laughs) he made one, but he was cold. We actually were running the film. And now, of course, social media, which is a cesspool, takes this video and runs with it. And listen, it wasn't great. I mean, he's missing every shot. In a situation like that, you're probably worried about your form because they're just using the video, you know, the shot of him in a Spurs jersey. Jersey. They're using that. It's just so funny when he dunks the ball, he hardly has to jump. So I bring it up because of a couple of reasons. One, you also then saw the picture. He went out to dinner with Sean Elliott. It was Manu Ginobili. It was uh, Robinson. And it was the Admiral. So David Robinson, did you guys see he made him look like tots? He <laughs> managed Ginobili six foot six. He looked like an infant next to uh, Wemby uh, Dave. David Robinson supposed to, he's probably six eleven. Them all he's listed seven yeah. one at his time. You know, Duncan was probably listed six eleven. They all looked like tots next to Wemby. His size we've talked about freakish, and I'm not using that in a negative connotation. He is a mammoth human being. I would agree with you. That photo with Timmy and uh, those guys, I've never seen Tim Duncan look small next to somebody. I mean, it's really unbelievable. He looked diminutive. He (laughs) looked it. Now, again, sometimes with pictures, you have to worry about angles, but I don't know if there's an angle that could clean that up. I actually, I went straight to David Robinson and Manu Ginobili, because Ginobili, if he just walked into the South Point studio right now, he'd be the tallest person ever walked in there. (laughs) He's six foot six. He literally looks like a tot next to Wemby.
4: You're you're absolutely right about that, and it's going to be interesting to see. But, you know, you saw that uh, dunk on the uh, highlight reel there, the Spurs video clip there. I think he's going to have such an opportunity. It's not only is he tall, but you see the length in terms of arms. He's going to be able to get rebounds. I am not as concerned about his physicality or lack thereof because today's NBA in 2023 and 2024 is way different than the 1980s and the 90s where guys could just get away with absolutely just – it was like the prison yard out there. And in this case now it's a different dynamic. I don't think you'll see him get pushed around as much as people see it. Uh, remember the slim Reapers had one of the great careers of all time in Kevin Durant. And that guy is a buck 80 soaking wet.
3: So I dug up his numbers. He played for the metropolitan 92s in France. So a who, by the way, went high to the wizards mall all, as you saw now here's the, here's what people are freaking out about the three point shot. You know he made just 27 and a half percent from 3 in France but the stroke is perfect like he only 47% from the field to be fair for such a big that's not great But he's a child, and the stroke is – I mean, it's just a brilliant stroke. So you would expect him to get better as a shooter, that percentage to go up. But 27.5%, does that concern you at all in France? It doesn't
4: because there's a couple of factors involved. Number one, he's the focal point of that team. So is he being guarded and covered a lot closer? Also, uh, there's not as much spacing in the European League as there is in the United States. So I think it will provide him an opportunity to be able to shoot the ball a little bit more comfortably. And, again, we've seen guys – look – Jason Kidd became one of the most made three uh, he had career highs in terms of or career makes one of the all-time leaders in NBA history in three-point shots and to me Patrick I think he can get better with this form over time and here's one advantage at 75 you don't have to be Steph Curry and live on the perimeter
3: <laughs> I totally yeah I totally agree I think the social media hype Trying to knock the kid was crazy. I thought the picture with him with the admiral and Duncan and Manu and Sean Elliott was freaking awesome. When we return, we've got West joining us to talk about the AFC South. Amal next on the Jags.
1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VCN, the sports betting network.
3: Well, as you've heard, our NFL betting guide will be released this Thursday. And we'll help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends. Plus, best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide. You'll be one of the first to get it. Or... This is my favorite. You can take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do, regardless of sport, everything we do through the super bowl for 175 bucks. It's a great deal. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We got you back here. On Sharp Money. So once an hour, the whole entire week, not just Sharp Money. Every single show, we're going to relate back to the guide. We're going to get into the AFC, AFC South with Wes Reynolds. He's going to join us in studio. Looking forward to seeing Wes coming up in about 29 minutes to start as we welcome you back. Amal Shah, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher to start. We're going to talk about the Jags and Doug Peterson. He's a maestro. He pulled off one of the best one-year turnarounds in NFL history. Remember, Jacksonville started three and seven and then went on to win six of their last seven games to win their division. Amal Shaw, you're going to take it a step further. We're not talking division here. We're talking the AFC, and you do like the Jags to win their conference. Well, I think they've got a great shot.
4: You know, on the surface, you'd look at them potentially, Patrick, as maybe the fifth, sixth, or even seventh option in the AFC very quickly. Kansas City, the Chargers in the AFC North, uh, Cincinnati Buffalo in the AFC East. Uh, You look at the fact that the Buffalo – excuse me – Baltimore, not Buffalo, and then Buffalo, Miami, and even the Jets you can throw into that mix. But when you think about the division that they're in, in my opinion, arguably the weakest division in the National Football League with some of the other teams there with the Tennessee Titans, with the Houston Texans, this is an opportunity in a division where you're looking at teams that have potentially a first- or second-year quarterback under center throughout the course of the season at various times. Houston should drafted C.J. Stroud. It could be him or Davis Mills. You look at the Indianapolis Colts with Anthony Richardson. And then, of course, Tennessee does have Tannehill. But, again, he has not been healthy throughout the course of the seasons, Patrick. So I think that gives them an opportunity to potentially look at going 6-0 and in a division that's very weak. I think they've got a great opportunity. It would be a disappointment if you're Doug Peterson's team and you go 4-2 and in a division
3: where you're looking at potentially uh, Trevor Lawrence being the most— experienced starter. Okay, well, let's start off by setting up these numbers here. The AFC, all you mentioned in conference, so no surprise, the Chiefs are your favorite at plus 330. So let's see where the Jags fall in line. Looks like they're your sixth betting favorite. The Bills, no surprise, five to one to win the AFC. The Bengals are five and a half to one. The Ravens, 11 to one. You've got the Jets, 11 to one. My goodness. That is crazy. You know that by the way, that number is going to shrink something to look forward to now that we've just heard the jets are going to be on hard knocks. There's going to be so much hype around them. That number is going to shrink down just a little bit just to get that out there. Also, Amal, the dolphins are tied with the jets at 11 to one. So you've got Baltimore, the jets and the dolphins all tied at 11 to one. And there's your Jags to win their conference. At twelve to one, it's interesting. You know, as far as the division, they're a minus one sixty five favorite at DraftKings. You do like them in division.
4: I do. I think they've got a great opportunity to win this division. You know, we saw the confidence that this team got from last year's come-from-behind win against the L.A. Chargers. They go into Kansas City, lose that game 27-20. I think they're going to be right there. You're going to see another level of improvement with Trevor Lawrence. You've got Travis Etienne back healthy. And remember, you're going to get Calvin Ridley, who was suspended by the NFL for gambling. He was with the Atlanta Falcons. He comes over. He's had three seasons of 800 yards or better. I like this team in terms of what they have on the perimeter. I think they're going to be extremely dangerous. You factor that in with Jones is your third receiver. Christian Kirk right there. You know, I think Ridley and uh, Kirk are interchangeable as to who the one is. And then they bring over Evan Ingram. And I don't know, Dustin, what your thoughts are on Evan Ingram, but he's going to be more of a pass-receiving tight end here. And so I think that will be a benefit along with adding Brandon Sheriff on the offensive line.
3: Yeah, I the mean, problem, but the problem for you, big guy, when Ingram was a giant and those that don't know, Dustin Sweetelson, a big time Giants fan, he couldn't catch the football. And then all of a sudden he went to Jacksonville and caught everything thrown his way. So it was incredible.
5: Well, in fairness to Evan Ingram, I mean, there weren't too many other people succeeding offensively for the Giants during his time. There It was a pretty rough stretch from the back end of Eli, to the beginning of DJ. But I mean, Evan Ingram, he's not a blocker, but that doesn't matter in today's NFL. He is a mismatch with his speed offensively. And he's trying to get another contract. Keep that in mind. So I don't know if he's going to end up playing on that franchise tag, but let's say he doesn't get his new deal. You'll get a motivated Evan Ingram, who's already a tough player to deal with in today's NFL over the middle. I freaking love this Jaguars offense. I think they can beat you a myriad of ways. And I love Doug Peterson in year two, where the team made a huge jump with Philadelphia from year one to year two when he was there.
3: Don't disagree. Their win total set at nine and a half. So by far and away, look, if you look at the other win totals in division, the Titans are seven and a half. Amal talked about the weakness of this division. I mean, it's no surprise. The Colts are six and a half. You talk about the rookie starters, the Texans are six and a half. So the Jags, this is their division to win. If you just look at also the improvement in year two, I have no clue, Amal, what your boy, uh, what your boy was doing in year one with Trevor Lawrence, it's almost as hard, it's almost malpractice what he did. I mean, he's twelve to seventeen as far as touchdown to pick ratio. Um, and then last year he goes twenty-five and eight touchdowns to interception ratio. He brings back his entire receiving corps. We talked about Kirk. We talked about Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. Um, again, it, it's a very talented team. The questions are up front, both both sides of the ball. Um, urban Meyer was a disaster. We know it. Doug Peterson, kind of the adult in the room came in, settled the team down, but you've got to get better play out of the offensive front and also the defensive front. There are questions for this Jags team. There's no question about
4: that. And I think it's one area you have a concern when you look at, to me, you look at defensive line is an area they've got to drastically improve and then cornerback on the defensive side of the ball. They've got to be better as well. And we'll see, you know, they're in Ray Jenkins from the LA chargers. Let's see if that helps them out a little bit here. This team's got to get better in the defensive side of the ball. They did draft Devin Lloyd uh, to go with Trayvon Walker. I think they're solid at the linebacking core. Josh Allen's been a really good get for them out of Kentucky a few years ago. So this team's got some potential upside there, and you're absolutely right. There are some weaknesses. But, Patrick, the reason why I think they've got a shot, when you look at everything taken into consideration, the division, where they're at, and then factor in their schedule. When you see their schedule, they play nine home games. Fine, that's a little bit of an advantage, but, you know, half the league plays nine home games. But their four toughest games are either at a neutral site or at home. You get Kansas City at home. Buffalo in London in consecutive weeks, so a slight advantage there. They will be playing the Falcons the week before in London, being able to stay there, turning around, playing the Bills, which would be a home game for Buffalo, but in reality for Jacksonville, it's basically you're not even on the road in that situation, so you don't have to go to Orchard Park, San Francisco at home, and then Cincinnati at home. And the reason why KC, Buffalo, and Cincinnati, where they're played is so vitally important, they could be a potential tiebreaker, whether you're the four seed, the three, the two, or even the one seed probably not likely for them to be the one but if that were to come into play and you have those games at home great opportunity to win that game and the Jaguars now if you have a home game in Duval in January that's a huge edge with Trevor Lawrence throwing the football
3: so the X factor as well, and it's well put is Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. So I neglected to mention him because it's fascinating what he could add to this team. He's just 28, but remember a young 28. Cause he set out last year. Now he's had injury problems. The last time he played a full year was 2020 with Atlanta. He had 90 catches, for 13.74, a 15, three average. He was awesome. He had nine touchdowns as well for Atlanta in 2020. He was banged up in 21. And then he started betting. He called it an f up period in his life. It was a dark moment. I made a stupid mistake. He's talking about the betting. Remember he was suspended for all of last year. Calvin Ridley. He returns to the Jags. I love this spot for him. He's the type of dude. If you know his personality at all, he's going to relish the comeback. I would agree with you. I think it's perfect, right? He gets to stay in his home state of Florida. Uh, this is an
4: opportunity for a resurgence. He lost a lot of money. I think it was $9 million or $11 million in the uh, season last year for being suspended. So, a good opportunity for a bounce back with a tremendous quarterback and a team that's going to utilize him properly. And I'm telling you, Patrick, even if you don't believe the Jags can win the conference, 13-1 to 1 is a solid bet – or 12-1, to 1, excuse me, because now – they're probably going to win their division. If they win their division, they're going to be one of the four seeds. They're hosting a home game. And if they win that, They've got an opportunity. You've got to hedge off on two plays. You're going to make a profit either way. I I think Jacksonville's in a great position. Some of these bets sometimes in the future markets don't make them to necessarily win, but to make yourself a profit. There's great opportunities and great margins. And if they get off to a fast start, their schedule is not overly daunting when you look at it from the start of the season. I think this is a good opportunity for a team that opens with, yes, you have the Chiefs in week two, but you're at Indy, the Chiefs, the Texans at home, the Falcons. So you could get off to a 3-1 and start, and on the off chance they beat the Chiefs at home,
3: you're 4-0. Those odds are going to shrink very quickly. They are tied in division with the Kansas City Chiefs for your biggest favorite to win their particular division at minus 165. The Chiefs in the AFC West are minus 165, and just a little bit... Uh, shorter here. The 49ers are minus 160 to win the West. And there's every, for every reason, Amal, you mentioned it with the Titans kind of influx, the Colts young, the Houston Texans young, this sets up perfectly six games in divisions for the Jags.
4: I think it's a great opportunity. And I'm telling you, when you got a team, that's this low on the conference, but this short on the division, it's a good bet. 100%.
3: Wes Reynolds, okay, good stuff on the Jags, who should win their division, minus 165. Wes Reynolds is going to join us coming up. In just about 20 minutes, we'll go over that AFC South.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my, look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with
0: Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep.
3: is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, it's DraftKings. It's VSIN. It's $5 to get $150 in bonuses instantly. This is very simple. You download the DraftKings app, and when you do, you're going to be asked for a promo code. If you enter VSIN, V-S-I-N, you get $150 in bonuses instantly when you bet 5 bucks. It's that simple. Head over to DraftKings, download the app, use the promo code VSIN. Okay. We got you back here on sharp money. It's good to have the crew back. I'm all shot. Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Got a big week of shows. Remember we've got the guide dropping on Thursdays. Matter of fact, Wes Reynolds is stopping by the studio in about 14 minutes. He's going to go over the AFC South. Looking forward to seeing Wes coming up here in a bit. Once an hour, we give you something from the guide across every show here on Vison all week. So this is awesome for the summer. Looking forward to that. Um, okay. Okay couple of things I do think before we get to West let's just do a little intermediary here with some baseball because I think correct me if I'm wrong boys if we've got the sharp money power rankings across Major League Baseball we've got a new number one the past two weeks the Rays have cooled off a bit they've lost five of eight they just split a home series with the freaking Royals which is wild remember Jeffrey Springs is out for the year um, there's another pitcher they've lost for the year it was a uh, Oh gosh, I can't, I can't, his, I can't come up with his name right now. It doesn't matter. We'll just say this: the Rays have Rasmussen. cooled off. Rasmussen drew Rasmussen. That's correct. Thank you, big guy. Appreciate it. Uh, The Braves conversely, they've jumped up to that number one spot. They're tied with the Rays in the loss column at 27 losses. The Rays have three more wins, uh, but that just comes down to games played. The Braves have won 17 of 20. They're 10 and one in their last 11 and they did it against two red hot teams on the road. The Phillies were hot. They went in, took two of three. The Reds were hot. They went in, took two of three. In fact, I think the Phillies may have been just two games. So four of five with the Phillies and Reds for the Braves. They've just been awesome. Again, they're still going to get Max Fried and Kyle right back to help out that rotation. If you look at their numbers, and all highlighted the Braves a little bit last week, If you look at their numbers, I mean they're ridiculous. Their power numbers are crazy. They have 15 more home runs than anybody in baseball. They're slugging, they're best in slugging. It's off the charts. They're OPS. So as far as power and getting on base is number one in baseball. They're catching up to the Rangers and average. The Rangers as a team, 272. The Braves, 271. They're eighth in stolen bases, so they do everything on the base pass. Now the pitching is, you know, still upper third as far as a tier, but I mentioned they're gonna get freed. They're going to get Kyle right back. This team's been awesome. Other notes from the weekend, Baltimore, just five and five over their last 10. They're four and a half back. The Dodgers and Yankees kind of struggling a little bit. And I wrote this down boys. I'm all let you run with anything you've got from the weekend in major league baseball. The Padres are toast. The Padres stink. The Padres just returned home after the series in San Francisco. We were joking about this big guy on the phone a little bit earlier. They just lost two of three to the Nats at Petco. A a team in the Padres that everybody had representing the NL in the World Series. That team is a freaking disaster.
4: Their last four games summarize who the Padres are. They scored 23 runs on Thursday and Friday against the Giants and against the Nationals. And then they managed to score uh, three runs over the next two days against the Nationals in San Diego at Petco Park. And I think you're absolutely right. The season looks like it's just absolutely done for them. I think they're in trouble. Just quickly want to go back to the Braves. They are number one or number two in seven of the eight primary offensive categories that you would look at. You mentioned the stolen bases. I don't think the stolen bases matters much for Atlanta when guys are just jogging around the bases because they're coming home on a home run. They're
3: 360 to win the World Series. They're plus 170 to win the NL, that being the Braves. Olsen, Olsen's got – I know we're going to hear some Mets sound, and the big guy's got a Mets rant to go on here. But let's take a look at the home runs. Like, Olsen's got 26. Does Alonso have 26 as well? Shohei's got about the same number, I believe, somewhere in there. So No, Alonzo, Olsen... missed,
5: Alonzo missed like eight games with that wrist injury, so he's behind them. I think they both have 26, Otani and uh, Olsen to lead the majors.
3: Okay. Uh, other storylines over the weekend, I just talk about the Padres, who are a team that's been a major disappointment. I would say the team with the largest payroll in all of baseball, the fact that the mets are so unpredictable and just bad at times i would say that's a disappointment and big guy you're pissed off with something that went down last night
5: yeah uh yesterday the mets had a golden opportunity uh they were leading heading into I believe it's the 8th inning 6 to 3 over the phillies they would then take that series from a philadelphia team that's been be- playing better of late And Buck Showalter decided to buck things up. Uh, Did not use David Robertson. Did not use Adam Adovino. Robertson uh, was good to go for an inning, but Buck was saving him for the ninth, which is always a dangerous strategy when you have to get to the ninth first. Adam Adovino was used the day before, but hadn't pitched in the game since, I believe, Wednesday. Brooks Raley was unavailable because he had pitched a couple days in a row. So he left it in the hands of... Of some minor league pitchers on the Mets in the Mets bullpen, and they let them down. You want to hear disappointment? I've got disappointment for you. Let's play how it sounded on SNY when Gary Cohen Uh-oh. had the final call yesterday.
3: 0-2 coming,
1: popped up center field. Marsh is there.
3: the Mets 42nd loss of the year is their most horrific. (laughs) Horrific. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because uh, Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling, and of course, Gary Cohen is the best booth in all of baseball, probably the best booth in all of sports. I agree. And Cohen is more knowledgeable than the two former players. Like nobody, it's not just Mets history. It's baseball history. I think he's the best to do it. I don't think there's anybody close right now across any sport and he's a hometown he's a hometown broadcaster and gary cohen you could just tell in his voice how disgusted he is with this team he's obsessed uh, with
5: us and that dude's seen some things with the mets he has seen a lot of, for him to outwardly have that after so this is what happened at the end of the game i didn't explain it properly but there was a chance to get out of it with a double play ball to brett Beatty, yep. the 23 year old then couldn't get the ball out of his glove and with that, the inning continued, more runs came in, and the Mets eventually lost the game 7-6 to after leading 6-3 to in the final couple innings. So just an absolutely brutal loss for this team. So for Gary Cohen to come out on the Mets-owned television network as the paid Mets broadcaster of their games to be that horrified by the results, it just lets you know where the season is at.
4: To your point, though, Patrick, in that eighth inning, they had three walks and two hit-by-pitches. It's not like Philadelphia was doing anything to earn their way on.
5: No. No, no, no.
3: But you talked about a botched double play. So you're blaming Buck for the fundies, the fundamentals? No, Is no, this Is what we're
5: doing, big no, guy? No, it was using the, the pitchers used. There was a, a bases loaded walk that made the score six to five. There were a lot of opportunities if you had a better arm on the mound, i.e. David Robertson, who you paid a lot of money to come in and get big outs for. I think Buck looked at things from a very old school perspective. I'm going to save my best arm for the last inning. Well, it doesn't matter if you don't have a lead in that last inning. And while Robertson was the best option available that day, you can't not use him in crucial situations, especially once there were guys on base. Buck Showalter, I thought he was pulling all the right strings last year. The chemistry was great. I think it's time for a new voice in charge. I think it's time for a new pitching coach. I think it's time for a new bench coach, a new hitting coach. Get rid of everyone and light something under these guys. Like, there's no point in running this back next year. So, we've reached a point where this message has gotten stale. Let's move on and get new people in the mix and see if they can find a way to get this thing rolling. Because remember, the Philadelphia Phillies got off to a horrific start last season, and they made the World Series. It's not like it's hard to get that second wild card spot.
3: Fair. If they do bring in a new pitching coach and fire the manager, they are striking distance of the Braves in division. They're only fifteen back. <laughs> I don't care about the decision. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not interested in just kind of clubbing you when you're down. But this is an embarrassment. They've got the biggest payroll. They're thirty-five and forty-two. They're fifteen back in division. It's gross. I
5: don't. The payroll is irrelevant to me. Here, here's what I. I'm sick of. I'm sick of anytime there's expectations for this franchise, they let you down. It's one thing to let us down when you know you're watching John Mayberry Jr. in the outfield, and I had to grow up watching Chico Walker in the infield and an old Carlos Bayerga at the end of his career. Like, I've watched bad baseball with the Mets. It's another thing when you're supposed to be good and you continuously fail at epic proportions the way this franchise does. By the way, here's a stat
4: that's amazing. They're 60-1 to 1 to win the division. They're 55-1 to 1 to win the World Series.
3: Yeah, but they, they overperformed last year, big guy. Like you got a, it was about as fun of a season. Now they obviously the Braves and they fell apart late, but you got a, about as fun of a season out of the Mets last year, as you possibly could have. Remember with the trumpets coming out of the bullpen, like the whole thing was sitting, sitting right there for you.
5: And then they melted down in the end and they did the trumpets and all the stick and all this work here and it's ours. And they blew it to who the Atlanta Braves. The franchise that ruined my childhood in the 90s. The Braves will always be better than the Mets. They will always do things the right way. And the Mets will always let me down.
3: (laughs) Anyway, would you both agree the Padres and Mets, the two biggest disappointments, or would you put the cards in there this year? Got to throw them in there, right? Those two? Okay. We'll we'll switch back to the football, AFC South.